What's going on, guys? Welcome to the first episode, I think it is, of Three-ish Things or Burke Brothers Podcast or something like that. I'm one of the co-hosts, Daniel. And I'm William. And we, on this show, we, we there's not really any guidelines. We just sort of wing it. We kind of sit on the couch. But um, it is brought to you today by... That's right, no one. <laughs> we don't actually have a sponsor yet, so if you're... Listening to this and you want to sponsor us, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, you know where to find us. Anyway, what did we talk about today, Will? Amazon, Facebook, and a little bit of sleep at the end. Yeah, so um, we're going to keep this going, talk about three-ish topics. If you want to hear something else, uh, let us know via via email, I guess, daniel at mrdberg.com. Otherwise, hope you enjoy. And we're live. What's going on, guys? We're back for another show. Or actually, it's really the first show. First of many. <laughs> first Hopefully. of many. Yeah, exactly. See how and this one goes. <laughs> I think you may have just heard the intro. Psst. We haven't actually done an intro yet. Um, Pre-recorded intro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to do the intro based off what we talk about today. But otherwise, the premise of this show is we want to want to talk about... We go for these walks after after work or uh, at the end of the day, and we, we talk a lot of know, technology, business, life in general, and we thought, why not record them and, and post them on the internet so other people can enjoy them too, and, and really just so we can look back on them in 20 years and go, what were we thinking? <laughs> well, maybe here's a brief intro. I'm a business person learning AI, and you're an AI person learning business, so kind of mash in that situation and it's just good to throw around ideas. I have ideas about business and how business can integrate AI and your the tech side of things so you share the spotlight on that Still side. Still a newbie. Still a newbie on that part, but I love learning. So well you've got the AI shirt on man. I need to I should have got me one of them. Look at that. I don't know if you can see it but what's what's that from? Um, MIT. It's uh, artificial general intelligence. Which is an epic series on YouTube. Mm. And by the way, everything we talk about, we'll wrap it up. It's, it's, it'll be in the, the show notes somewhere in the, in the internet, yeah. either on my I was about to say, if we reference something, we're going to chuck it in the description so that people can, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's enough of an intro of a second intro or whatever. But the show is going to be, we're not entirely sure what it's called, maybe Burke Brothers Podcast, something. If you've got any ideas, send them our way. Or otherwise, three-ish things, because that's what we want to try and keep it to, just three-ish. Three points every yeah. week. Three points every week or something. All right, so let's let's kick it off. Amazon shareholder letter. <laughs> yeah, that's we're completing each other's sentences already. Yeah. All right, so what did you did you read the whole thing? Yeah, I read most of it. Uh, well, all of it. Sorry. Um, there's a few things that really stuck out for me, and I'd like to start off by. Wait, wait, wait. What is Amazon shareholder letter? So two weeks ago, Jeff Bezos posted the Amazon shareholder letter for 2017, yep. reflecting on their results of how they went and updates on how the company's going as a whole, pretty much issued to the whole company, all their employees and the wider community, so shareholders, to pretty much provide a general update on how the company's operating. Yeah, here's what we've been doing, here's what we want to do for the future. future. Yeah. So the the one thing that stuck stuck straight out at me was Amazon Prime. Like, Prime. Wow. Yeah. Like, 100 million people per year are now using Prime. And like, 100 million. Yeah. Across, that's, well, that's globally, but yeah. 
I literally, when it's, I read it, I'm like, no way. If that's the US, it's not, just, it's not here yeah. in Australia yet, I don't think. No, it's not. Yeah. Because, well, obviously, Amazon's recently new. They just came to the Australia, so they obviously got a lot of distributions and, like, I can't and logistics to <laughs> sort out here. And, obviously, like, obviously, different legislation and pay wages, so they got to sort out a whole lot of logistics to get their prices down to what they're known for over in the States and, obviously, other places like Europe, I would imagine to being like the low cost delivery provider yeah. and the owner of the last mile delivery as what they refer to. Last mile delivery, mm-hmm. what does that mean? So the last mile delivery is like basically the last, so being able to get you a package very quickly. Yeah. Like owning that last mile from point A to point B in the delivery, like having the okay. most efficient so way being, to- being on that yeah. last step of the pipeline, mm. which is so important because I think I read in the in the shareholder letter as well that, um. In 2017, third parties sold more on Amazon's site than Amazon themselves. Mm. So, like Amazon Marketplace, which I'm not entirely across, but that's kind of insane to me that they've just opened it up. It's just this one massive marketplace for buyers, sellers of all people. Not even, and Amazon are just like the, the hub. Mm. The hub. They even do the fulfillment, everything. Allow people to use their, obviously, their distribution centers and their logistics to sell their products and they just take a share of the profit, obviously. Yeah. A percentage to cover what they spend and then also what the profit, obviously, to cover their expenses and then also a little bit extra for them on the side. Yeah. Pretty much just to own, just a way to own more of the market. The Amazon takeover is real. What was... Actually, one of my favorites was um, day one, how Bezos says that like Amazon's philosophy is that it's always day one, which mm-hmm. I totally agree with, which is, which is pretty much how, how we try to live almost at the moment is, is everything is a learning opportunity. And he attaches at the bottom of, because I read, I made the mistake, I read the 2016 shareholder letter again. <laughs> I'd already read it. I read it last year, but it was, I think it's good. I think... I took notes on both of them actually. Um, what were the main so last year, last year wasn't as long, so this one was a bit more. Um, this one was a bit more full of numbers. Mm. I thought, like, here's what we did last year was kind of like here's four points that we think uh, Amazon kind of giving a uh, or Jeff Bezos and Amazon's insight into to what makes a good business. And of course, number one was was true customer obsession. Um, this is from last year's letter, so I'll just go breeze through these points quickly. Number one was true customer obsession. Are you delighting your customers? Uh, number two was resist proxies. Um, so that means when big companies get big, they can kind of get into a space where they just think they're fulfilling the process and they think that the same process they've been doing for so long should keep getting results. Mm. Um, but Bezos in the letter said, uh, do, do we own the process or does the process own us? Which I think is a very good point to think about, especially not even on a big company scale, but on any, any level. Like, does the process, are you just going through the actions? Uh, does the process rule over you or are you innovating on that? So resist proxies, I'm not entirely sure what, what in terms of proxy uh, that meant, but it'll be more on the shareholder letter. Um, embrace external trends which I thought was, was massive as well. Um, and one of them was uh, rather than fight against techno- te- technological trends, 
make sure you're using them to your advantage because that's what he said. He's like, if you're if you're going against technology and whatnot, you're essentially betting against yourself. Mm. And so the the two main ones were, of course, artificial intelligence and machine learning ride the tailwinds of society. Um, and the fact that they keep struggling with with that in mind, they're struggling to keep uh, Echo in stock. So that's that's pretty insane. Um, Exciting times. And, yeah, exactly. And the last one is high velocity decision making. Um, so he said, if you're 90% sure on what, what decision you're about to make, you're uh, probably waiting too long. He's like, we, we like to keep m- m- moving fast and have this, uh, this saying in-house called disagree and commit. Um, so he gave the example of, of a couple of producers pitching him a, a pilot for Amazon Prime. And he said he didn't really agree with what it was. And he's like, well, uh, it's going to take way too long for you to convince me. So I'm going to disagree and commit and know that you're, you're capable of good work. So I just think that's, imagine having a leader like that. Mm. But that's, that's, that's a 2016 leader, yeah. which is a lot of value. Um, but, but my favorite for 2017, what you got? Just, just before we move on back to the 2017, maybe you could share your experience with them being so customer focused with your AWS issue. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, so customer focused. Um, I, the last year or so I've been learning uh, AI technologies and whatnot using a lot of them, uh, a lot of these technologies require uh, intense compute power. Uh, so what that means is essentially, you, I use my laptop to, to build the basis of a, of a program, let's say, and then because my laptop doesn't have enough uh, computing power or horsepower, you need to, to dial into the cloud to recruit a bigger computer uh, somewhere in, in the world, somewhere somewhere else, right? So a lot bigger than what I could store in my room. Or actually, you could probably store it in your room. It's just that you don't have access to it all the time. And obviously, and, it costs a lot of money to have the yeah, hardware. Yeah, it costs a lot of money to set up this type of hardware, right? Um, so I, w- I dial into Amazon's cloud server, which is AWS, and I, I start up a computer that's somewhere in Sydney, or the US, usually in Sydney, because that's the closest to where we live. Um, and I, I for, for some reason, I forgot to shut it down. And this is a problem, actually. I think, I think um, it, it would be good to get notified if, I, yeah. if it's running and not being used. Like, surely that's, that's something they could look into doing. And so essentially, I had this computer running, and it's quite expensive to keep running over a long period of time, because it's just number of hours, right? They charge per second. Um, so it's efficient if you're using it for just what you need it for, but not so efficient if, if you're just letting it run with nothing running, which is what I was doing. I, 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 did, I used it for an assignment and then stopped it uh, about, I would say, two to three weeks later once I received the bill, um, which was 700 US dollars. So that's almost a thousand Australian dollars. And I kind of, I was like far out. I was, I... I was a student, I'm still a student, it was a lot of money, and I'm like, I, I, if I pay for this, that's, I, I don't have much money at the moment. Um, so I reached out to the AWS support, told them my story, said, hey, I'm a student, I was running this for an assignment, the assignment finished, and for some reason, I thought I terminated it, well, terminate means just pretty much pull the power plug on it, but I didn't, so completely my fault. 
but they turned around and said, hey, you know what, we can see what you've been doing, thank you for reaching out to us, thank you for using AWS, we're wiping the whole bill. So I mean, yeah, huh? yeah, that, that's no small bill, like either, that's 700 US dollars, so I don't know what their margins are, like what it actually costs them, but mm. that, that, that's something that, that, that comes back to what he said, he's like, tr obsess over your customers, and I mean, they may take a hit on that, but I'll be a customer for Amazon for life, like I bought the, the Echo the other day, and I use AWS almost every second day, yes, yeah, massive, but 2017 letter, I kind of went on a ramble there in the 2016 letter. So let's go, um, let's go back to my first point on Prime. Prime. It's 100 million people. If we look at the metrics, that's 9.9 .9 billion in annual recurring revenue just What's in... What's Prime? 99 US a year. 99, yeah, 99 US. Yeah, I should have said that first. 99 US uh, a year. 100 and, million customers. And 100 million customers. So that's 9.9 .9 billion in, in annual recurring revenue just from that section of their business. Just that one revenue stream. That's just insane. And that, that Prime members, I was listening, two and three households mm. in the US have Prime. I, I think I may have read some statistic that more people have Prime than own a gun in the US. But, <laughs> but that, that, I think, I, I don't know how accurate that is, but... I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's, like, that's, it's, it's, it's incredible. I can't believe like, the scale it's, of this company. And we were saying... Um, actually, let's talk about something, something technology-based. So, um, I read in the, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, 2017 annual letter was, uh, a big, big thing was Amazon SageMaker, or AWS, mm. which is a totally another business almost on its own. That's, that's 20 billion yeah. revenue. Insane. Um, 20 billion, so Amazon, AWS SageMaker, which was released about six months ago, um, but I'm only just learning about it now. I should be more across these sort of things, um, which is essentially like, uh, how do I explain this? So it's automating the machine learning pipeline, right? So if you're a, uh, if you're someone like me, true, who's running like data science models or whatnot, I can go to AWS, get into an environment. So like a, a web application, load in my data into Amazon's databases, mm. And then their, their machine learning algorithms that they've put in are made to, to run extremely efficiently. I think they were talking about 10x, 10x, up to 10x faster on this dedicated SageMaker service. And it's, it's, I can essentially train my model in one click, train the model on the data, and then it even has an option to scale up to what you want it to do, so how much power you can dedicate. So you can just turn this little knob and say, I want, it, I want this to run for X and I want it to uh, use this much computing power. So that means it might cost this much at minimum or it might cost this much at maximum. So that's upfront because a lot of the machine learning at the moment is kind of guesswork. Like you, are, you run your model, you adjust your parameters in terms of your settings, like, like knobs on a, on, a, on a microwave or on an oven and you see how it goes. It's guess and check work. But this thing, you upload it, it does, it works, the test a bunch of different models for you and it does a bunch of hyperparameter tuning as well, depending on how long you want to let it run. And it's all, all packaged in little modules. So if you want to do the whole pipeline of up training your data, deploying it to applications and then whatever, oh sorry, storing the data online, so storage, training, deployment, you can do it. 
But if you want to do the storage somewhere else, training on there, deploying somewhere else, you can break it up like that's and that one service had two hundred and fifty thousand customers in in since launch and it was announced no end of last year, November twenty ninth. And I'm like, that that is insane. It's making it more accessible. That's what I think is the end game for a lot of these these cloud based uh, offerings like Google Cloud or AWS or Azure is okay, they're they're pretty accessible now if you have the know how. But for someone like yourself who um, and me who are just getting new into the field and we haven't been developers for five to ten years, I think like SageMaker is, is definitely very valuable, especially mm -hmm. if you're a startup. Like you don't have the resources like a big business has. You could you could get on there, store your data in one place, train your model in one place, and deploy it all in one place. It's it's fascinating. But that's enough that's enough from uh um, from from me in terms of the the ML side of thing. Oh, actually, what else? What else did you uh, did you find in the letter? What was your with with AWS? In yeah, particular, let's go overall. What do you reckon? AWS was there anything else from the letter that stood out to you? How how they're really like accelerating their pace of innovation in the areas of AI and machine learning. Obviously, as you just touched on it, but it seems mm. like AI and machine learning within the in within AWS is a very big focus point for them because they obviously see the potential and the size of that market. Yeah. And a lot of people are now starting to integrate machine learning into their organizations. So what's there to run it off? AWS. Yeah, so AWS. They're, if you look at a graph, I haven't got one for, for, for the screen at the moment, but oh, for, the, for the listeners, sorry. AWS, just imagine in the top right, and then all the other offices, imagine them in the, the bottom left. Like that's that's how far ahead they are in terms of numbers, services, etc. But that being said, I went to a Google event a couple of weeks ago, and they're ramping up. They're trying to. They're trying. They're like, yeah, they, hey, I want some of this AWS pie. And <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, it's twenty. They're making twenty billion. A year, well, twenty billion in revenue of AWS alone. So, yeah. and it's just crazy to think that when you look at Amazon, they're a retail technology company essentially. Yeah, but. In the background, they solidly became the biggest cloud server provider in the world. Yeah. So it's just crazy. What were you saying that. the other day about them being split up? So if the if the blunt if regulation were to hit Amazon, I would I would just imagine that it would be easier for them just to spin off the AWS side of the business to mm -hmm. instead of like categorize like just take AWS out of the picture and have that as its own own entity. And then yeah. leave the rest of the business as a whole, because obviously, if it's doing twenty billion in revenue, like it's worth nearly two hundred million two hundred billion dollars. That section of the business alone. What do you mean? Like, so if it's what you just did a math equation there, so twenty billion means that you're worth two hundred billion. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I was just kind of throwing out like a ballpark figure of what. Actually, I think be I've worth. heard that before. Like, if you're doing a hundred million RR recurring annual recurring revenue, yeah, yeah. ARR. You you got a billion, worth dollar, a billion dollars. A billion yeah. dollar valuation. That was like with Slack and all those other mm. things. Okay, that's okay. I get that now. So you just kind of ten exit for a ballpark figure. Um, another massive thing I liked was uh, Whole Foods, which I think is massive. Mm. Um, the acquisition of Whole Foods, Amazon's. Uh, that's a space I really want to get into. I think if I was to go over there, um, like food is something I love. I I'm passionate. Food's like my religion. You know how into it I am, and the fact that 
I think Bezos said, or in the letter it said, the acquisition of Whole Foods was the fact that first and foremost they wanted to get good quality organic food to everyone or as many people as possible which I think is is a massive mission like I, I totally agree with that um, and I think they've got the infrastructure and technology to to do it especially with Prime and yeah. Amazon Go like it's just going to be it just a merger it, it also just made sense for them to buy Whole Foods in the first place because they always wanted to go into the fresh food delivery side of things. Cause and grocery. The, the, the everything store, as they're often referred to. Yeah. So, like, obviously fresh food was their next target after they owned other parts of retail. Yeah. So, buying Whole Foods pretty much saved them almost 10 years building out all the distribution channels. Yeah, well, now they've got 100, yeah. however many stores it is across the US. Yeah, so... So the, the money, what they spend on it, like 16, 13, 13 billion. billion? Yeah, like 13 billion to save them 10 years of building out those distri- like those distribution centers. Yeah, so now they've got, yeah, like, like a, a Whole Foods positioned in all different places around America and they can just use that as another hub for people to pick up their Amazon parcels or, or, or do their grocery shopping or whatnot and just... Uh, I'm, I'm with the Whole Foods acquisition as a whole. I, I'm surprised no competitor tried to like throw out a counter bid to Amazon's thirteen billion dollar thing just to like. Even if, obviously you're not going to be able to outbid them, but, yeah, but throw who, out a counter who, bid. Who would compete? Off the top of my head, Walmart. Yeah, good point. Yeah, like one, like obviously Walmart's got a lot of money as well, but like bid the price up. Yeah. Make them pay a bit more because for $13 billion, they stole Whole Foods. And we were saying, imagine if when they come here, we've got a... So in Australia, we've got a, a, a supermarket chain called Woolworths and we're just like, Amazon would come here, swallow up Woolworths. Just buy Woolworths. Yeah. yeah. And then they don't have to build the distribution centres. They've got stores everywhere. Kind of like what they did with Whole, Whole Foods in the US. I see, I see that happening, but I don't at the same time because Australia, 25 million people, population. We are growing very fast. I'd like to see it happen personally. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love it. But because I think Woolworths could do with some help from Amazon's technology department. Oh, definitely. Because <laughs> like, there's... Like, the self-service is alright, but it's just... I think there's better options that they yeah. can do. Like, imagine Prime offering, you could have gross... Oh, that'd be a dream. But thing is, Australia, we're too big. We're, we're like, spread out. Like, yeah, we have major cities, exactly. but, but there's so much distance between them all, whereas US is kind of, like, a, a bit more clustered, and then same with UK. Like, UK is just tiny. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Amazon, big, great white shark, coming to the land down under and just be like, Woolworths, thank you. Sucked it in. Um, would it get approved though? By what? Would the acquis- would the government let them buy Woolworths, for example? Like this is just hypothetically. Yeah. Would our government let them buy Woolworths? Yeah. Maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Speaking of regulation, um, we got we got something to talk to you about regulation. We'll get to that. Um, but otherwise, what else was there? We have on oh, Amazon ML services active users up two thousand two hundred fifty percent. We mentioned that before. Um, on-device fingerprinting technique, I thought was was pretty cool. And the camera's just turned off, so we're going to pause the podcast. Thanks for being patient, podcasters. Um, but yeah, where were we? So we were saying, yeah, on-device fingerprinting technique, which is to do with Amazon Alexa. My Alexa's about to go off. 
Um, so if an ad is playing on TV and it says Alexa, Alexa knows that it's not your voice and won't activate. So when the Super Bowl ad was yeah. playing, which was amazing, um, you know, your Alexa won't activate. And then there was a few more things, a new which Kindle. Which do you want to enable? Oh, sorry, there Alexa, we, we don't need you. There we go. I thought it was going to come on. Not quite, not quite, uh, the anti-activation yet. Um, just Canceling. walk... Just walk out shopping. Just walk out. That's Amazon Go. Okay. So that's their new new terminology for, for Amazon Go is just walk out. Um, and they've cracked half a million employees, 560k. But you were that's, saying, um, yeah. So it's it's funny that you say that that Amazon's a hiring machine right now. But on the flip side, with them hiring a lot of people, at the same time they're patenting and also developing a lot of technology that's going to automate a lot of jobs. Yeah, and so they hire one person, but that three one person might not get a yeah, job. Exactly. Yeah. Um my the biggest example I can think of of what they're doing is um Kiva robots. So I don't know if you've heard about them, but Kiva robots. Yeah. yeah. So they're the robots that Amazon uses in its fulfillment centers at the, the moment warehouse. in their warehouses. No one so, working there. Yeah. It's just right, like, and a scary photo would be inside of an Amazon warehouse because there is none. Like, you don't see him. You don't see photos in the warehouse. You don't see any photos or videos of inside an Amazon warehouse because it's all robots and automated. So what happened with Kiva Robots was there was a new startup outside of, I think, in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, Amazon was one of their biggest contractors, obviously, one of their biggest um, buyers of their yeah. robot technology. Amazon ended up buying them, taking them over for about $800 million. And as soon as Amazon bought them out, they cancelled all their other contracts with every other company that they were supplying to, just so that they could own the whole... They got all the robots. <laughs> yeah. No one else is doing robot warehouses, just us. <laughs> yeah. That's the great white shark of Amazon. But I think that's enough for, for the AWS shareholder letter. Um, Facebook... It's F8 event for 2018. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the highlights at all? I watched a few. Um, yeah. You want to kick it off with what you thought was good? Yeah, so let's go for the tech side of things. I think there was one, I don't know whether to be like this or to be scared or to, I'll get your insight and what it might look from a business business point of view. But Facebook, they essentially, they're going all in on, on camera, right? They, they love camera, Zuckerberg loves camera. And I'm a bit wary of time here because we want to keep these episodes within 30 to 45 minutes or maybe a bit less. Um, so, long story short, they want to they want to grab your old photos and so so old photos on your on your devices or just photos of say you took a photo of this point of the room and then we took another photo of that point of the room and if you make an album with that, Facebook want to use computer vision to reconstruct the room. So you can take a 3D tour of your of the room and see the photos all in one one kind of image, which I think is is pretty awesome with the, as for, far as computer vision technology goes. But in terms of what that means in in how they understand like literally the items in your home, um, and from an advertising point of view. Or is this going to be like they 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 know what brand of blender you use now, and all of a sudden you're seeing that brand of blender pop up in your newsfeed? 
Well, yeah, from a business point of view, just hearing that Mark says that they're obsessed with the camera yeah, and, and being a camera company almost is just another dog shot at Snapchat because what does Snapchat claim it is? A yeah. camera company, essentially. So it's just like another reason why... Well, another stranglehold placed on Snapchat is that Facebook just continues to go after it and after it and after it yeah. and kicking Snapchat while it's down almost. Yeah, but I mean, as well... But, but yeah, as, as you said, like, if, if they have a model of your room yeah, they in, know your, in the, your kitchen, the they have all that, all that details, they know what sort of brands you're using in your kitchen. So that, that's so much... That, that data of knowing what's in your kitchen is so valuable because... They could go, they now what have... What food you eat. They have, yeah, they now have more quantifiable data where they can go to, like, a big retail. Like, say, for example, a, 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 fridge, a fridge producer. They can now go to you and say, we know this many people don't have your fridge. We can target mm. ads at these people on our platform. Yeah. So that becomes a lot more valuable to the, the supplier of fridges for example, like this is just a bad, this is a bad example, but you know what I mean? No, like they, it's not they a bad know, example at all. I think it's exactly, exactly the kind of example. Like, and look, we may be overthinking it here because it, it, if you yeah. watch the video, I only saw about a minute or two minutes of, of what it actually does. But um, that being said, with what's happened recently with the, the analytica thing, coming back, I think a good point on, on the event I saw was the ability to, to clear your history on Facebook. I think that's massive, almost. Mm. Um, that's you, been there for ages, though. What do you mean? Like, you can clear, like, your entire browsing yeah. history of apps, products, and uh, yeah. external websites. Yeah, that's been there for a while. Well, there you go. See, that's... I'm not even on Facebook but, um, at the moment. But um, I guess, obviously, on the flip side, people just didn't know about it. Well, that seemed like it was a new feature that was being announced. But because, anyway. <laughs> because after the Congress hearing... There you go. Speaking of that, but, like... I'll just quickly, after the Congress hearing, when you logged on, when I first logged on Facebook, I got a notification at the top to say that you can now do that. Like oh, well, that's good. Cool. Yeah, well, that's it's recent. That. It's fairly yeah. recent. Yeah. Um, but they just, like, we've got enough data. We don't need any more. Let's, <laughs> how much data do we need? Um, and then there was a couple more things, which was uh, they're hiring 20,000 people mm. to work on manually auditing uh, ads, newsfeed items, content, etc., etc. Twenty thousand. Yeah. Uh, my opinion on that, it's just to avoid regulation. To be what honest with you. Well, after the the con, like you could depends on how you take it. The Congress hearing obviously didn't go well for them. But yeah. I'm like, you look on the flip side. After the Congress hearing, their share price didn't take a hit. Their yeah. share price is still on the decline. So. Yeah. So they're going to hire 20,000 people to but, be but like... But just, how, how good does it look in their perspective to come out and, and address those points and just go, we're now going to make 20,000 new jobs? Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Like, hey, government, we're hiring 20,000 people to, to curate this stuff so you don't touch anything from us. Yeah. And we'll just keep it all, all within the Facebook world. It's not going to make a dent on their profits either. Yeah. It's like the twenty thousand people. What's that? Fifty k a year. Let's just say that's a billion dollars. Yeah, but I suppose that that's nothing compared to like. What's, being a bill, what's spending a billion dollars to protect their monopoly? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Nothing. That's yeah to protect their their complete pipeline control of of what information people see. 
which is crazy. Um, what else? So yeah, the F8. There's otherwise there was Oculus and a few other things. Um, watch the watch the video if you want. Uh, otherwise, it was like group video chat for Instagram, which was I thought that's gonna come eventually. Yeah. Group video chat for for WhatsApp. Group video it, chat for Messenger. Just the same features across. It seems three different chat apps almost now with Instagram with a focus on. But I think that's going to be the next big platform. Like, to, to, yeah, bigger than I was Facebook. about to say, yeah, Instagram's their big play right now. Yeah. And their big uh, money maker. That captures the most attention and has yeah. a lot more people. Uh, I use it. It most. doesn't have, it has, it does, I don't even think it has half the people on Instagram that it does Facebook, but the yeah, attention yet. it catches is. Yeah, it's catch, keyword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Instagram's always in the top, either top, either the first position or the second position for the most downloaded. Um, iOS app. Yeah, it's always always, always one and two. Yeah, yeah, and so um, where does AI come into this? Well, of course, with the computer vision they're using in the in the room for the Facebook camera app, um, they they're also using AI to, to to fix the the news feed, like trying to detect fake news versus real news, which I think that's a that's a very hard problem because uh, um, did didn't Mark I think say AI is still blown out of the water in the fact that. It can do some superhuman stuff, which it can. But if a human expert struggles, uh, a machine learning model is also going to struggle yeah. a little bit. Because obviously, the machine learning models is developed by humans. Yeah. So exactly. So if a if a if, if a human expert on content curation can't tell whether something's fake or not, yeah. it's going to be hard. But that being said, Facebook, on another AI side, released. Uh, never underestimate the power of these big tech companies, AI firms, and research because they essentially replicated AlphaGo Zero, which is DeepMind's Go playing engine. If you haven't heard, uh, DeepMind built a, an engine which can play Go better than any human player in history and better than its own engine it built a couple of years ago. It beat, its, it beat itself a hundred times and essentially it learned from scratch. Like they didn't, they didn't teach anything, they just, they just said, here's go, a few minor settings maybe, and it, it learned. It played against itself and just got better than anyone will ever be at go. But Facebook, so DeepMind is Google, um, Facebook AI research built their own version called uh, OpenGo, I think. And the reason they called it OpenGo is because they open sourced it. So that, the code for it is all online. You can look how they did it. Um, I don't think I'd love to see their their one play AlphaGo Zero. Like it'd be a contest. Oh. Imagine that. I'd I'd watch that live. Yeah. Like I would I would hundred percent tune into that. Like I think someone I should think try a lot to do of, that. I think a lot of people would. Yeah. So they and the codes online and they also released it along. Maybe the framework's been out called ELF, which is something E experimental maybe, I don't know what the E stands for, but experimental light framework, um, which is a, a reinforcement learning framework, uh, which is essentially uh, what they used to play AlphaGo. They use this framework. So if some another developer like my me and my team, who we've been working on the, an open AI competition to build a super playing Sonic the Hedgehog, we can use Facebook's framework, which is all open source. I haven't dived too much into that, but I think that's really cool um, for Facebook to go, hey, we've seen uh, DeepMind do this really cool thing. We're going to replicate it with our own engineers and our own scientists and then open source it for everyone. Because I think that's how everyone wins. It's if it's yeah. open source, um, 
okay, sure, you don't, you might not make as much money, whatever. But is that is that the goal? You you, you contribute to the development and the progress of the field. Yeah, by like, making it open sourced. Yeah, exactly. So, think about yeah. if if you're a young developer, you you're just getting into the field, and you go online and you you want to learn this stuff, and you jump in, you use Facebook stuff because all on. Uh, where are you going to work later? Yeah. Because it's all open source. Where are you going to work? It's you're going to be, oh, I want to work for here because that's who got me a leg up. That's, I think, that's that's like the 10-year the rule, the 20-year rule. It's like you should always, always be nice, always whatever, because you never know when it's going to come back. Exactly. Yeah. But I think, otherwise, I think that's enough. We've got the, the Amazon shareholder letter, Facebook F8 announcements, uh, Facebook open sources its own version of AlphaGo, Oh, we did have one more thing, um, but I think for now we'll, we'll leave it. But it's it's essentially the sleep podcast from from Joe Rogan with uh, I think it's Matthew Walker. I'm not entirely sure, Michael, but you listened to I it. Don't know. Did you? What do you think of the sleep podcast with, with Joe Rogan? Oh, I think everyone should definitely check it out. Yeah. What What was your takeaway from it? Probably, I'd probably say the I I really was drawn by the fact that um, when they changed the school time. Yeah. So originally, a school in um, America used to start at seven thirty. Um, their SAT scores or something like that. Test like, scores. Yeah. yeah, yeah test, test scores. So their average at seven thirty. Yeah. Their average test score was like a twelve hundred or something, which were, which apparently is still very good. Hmm. But when they moved the chain the start time to eight thirty, the average test score went up to fifteen hundred, which is just insane. Yeah, and yeah. I think the the other one. I was blown away with was the, the doctors um, doing 30 hour shifts or something which is oh. inhumane and it all started from this one doctor back in the day who did coke no who was addicted to coke because they used it as a pain treatment and he was testing it on himself this is, this is about 100 years ago so essentially the podcast was Joe Rogan who's an awesome dude with uh, Michael Walker or Matthew Walker sorry bro I forgot your, your actual name but he's a PhD researcher in sleep, essentially, for 20 years. He's wrote this book, and it's just blown me away. I already value my sleep highly, but this thing... Anyway, this doctor, 100 years ago or something, they used cocaine to treat pain. And it, suddenly he got addicted to cocaine. He would do 30-hour shifts because people were like, this guy's insane, he's, he's working so long. And he's like, well, the student doctors need to keep up with me. And the, the interns, something like 1 in 20... Because they're so sleep deprived, one in twenty ends up killing someone accidentally. Because one in twenty, yeah, doctors, new doctors, student doctors, and one in five injures someone, which is ridiculous. Um, or you're four hundred percent or something more likely to uh, what make an injury after a certain period of time. Like it's just the the, the data that they had, and I'm I'm probably miss 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 uh, reinterpreting some of the ex exact numbers but when you listen to them they're just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous so you I if I go for another any surgery I'm gonna be asking the doctor how much sleep have you had because there's something like well if, major yeah, yeah major yeah major surgery like if the doctor hadn't had X amount of sleep and this is no like no malice towards doctors it's just the one case example it happens everywhere yeah um, how much sleep have you had? Because it's something like 170% more likely to make an error if they've had six or less hours sleep in the past 24 hours, which is 
I think something's so easy to fix, but who knows? Who knows? I'm going to be sleeping with, more, with, let's with, put it that with, way. With that being said, it shows the value that AI and robotics and machine learning will bring to the, the healthcare, healthcare world. But We'll talk about that next podcast, most likely. Yeah, maybe in a, maybe in a future episode. But that was that was fun. We had a little bit of business, a little bit of technology, a uh, little bit of health, and three-ish topics: Amazon, Facebook, and and health. Um, but otherwise, what what do you think the question of the week is? What can we what can we give our viewers to go out and do? It's oh, a good one. <laughs> yeah, question You've of the week. Caught me off guard here. Yeah, question of the week is. Uh, Go check out one of the things we've talked about today and uh, send us in. Send us in something. Actually, that can be challenge. Challenge yeah. of the week. We're, we're kind of thinking of this on the fly. So challenge of the week. Go through one of the resources we've shared with you and share share your favorite thing with us. Um, if you want to ask us a question or if you want to talk about a topic, um, send me an email, daniel at mrdberg.com and we'll, we'll get it on one of the uh, one of the next shows. If you can send in audio, we'll we'll try to play it on the yeah. show, and um, and we'll go off that. So if you've got any questions, any advice, whatnot, send it in. Yeah, feedbacks appreciated yeah. for the first one. Yeah, actually, what worked? This is the first episode. So what worked? What didn't? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear more of? More technology, more health, more business. Uh, who knows? We're still working this out. Um, but otherwise, if you want to find out more, all the links will be in the description or the show notes. But otherwise, do we have Keep a sign-off? No. Oh, yeah. Will, next episode, Will's going to do Upside Down. He promised me. So <laughs> that's, that's, he's going to do the whole thing Upside Down. <laughs> so, we'll see you next week. Bro, you're going to sign off? <laughs> I'm out of here. Time to go play some Fortnite. And we're done. So what do you think? I'd really like to, to hear your advice. If you, if you wanted to hear anything else, was it too, too businessy? Was it too techy? Could there have been more other topics in there? Um, we kind of want to keep it to about three or so. So if you want to send us something we want, you want us to, to talk about, we'd, we'd love to give it a crack. Um, but otherwise, everything we, we talked about will be in the show notes. Um, you can find me at mrdburke.com podcast there'll be a link there somewhere otherwise as i said the show notes will be like your your gospel for this but thank you so much for listening and we'll we'll catch you next week uh p.s will eats a frog on next week's episode live on the show so so don't miss that <laughs> will doesn't even know it yet don't tell him <laughs>